Welcome to It's All Her, the podcast for women who want to live simpler, better lives. I'm your host, Geordie Lucas. I'm the founder and editor of It's All Her. I'm a mum to a toddler and I was an actor in a previous life. Each week, I'm joined by a guest to talk about their life, their work, and of course, how they make life simpler and better. For the latest, head to itsallher.com or follow us on socials. Let's get to this week's episode. Welcome back. How has your week been? Last week was a big one for work with our shows at Fashion Festival and then some other sort of industry events. So I've been trying to take it easy over the long weekend here in Victoria. It's actually very good timing because I have had premenstrual tension and period pain from hell. So the extra day off actually really served me very well today. I actually posted a TikTok about my premenstrual tension which I was really proud of. I'm 31. I am old as far as TikTok is concerned, but I was like sniggering away to myself as I was putting this together. Anyway, it flopped. It hardly got any views, but this other video that I posted has almost 100,000 views. Is that viral or semi-viral? I don't know what qualifies as viral these days, but just go and have a watch of this video. It is truly one of the most bizarre things that has ever happened to me. I'm not going to go into it now, but basically I paid at a supermarket using cash and the woman behind the counter just tore my money up in front of me. Look, there's more to the story, so I'll put the link to the video in the show notes. You'll have to go and watch, but it is so true. TikTok has some really nasty trolls on there. I've been called a liar an attention seeker, that I'm making this obscure story up just for attention. Like I worked on a TV show for three years and then lived in West Hollywood after that. So trust me, I have some stories. And if I wanted attention, I'd be telling those ones, not this weird story about a note being torn up. Anyway, go watch it. Let me know if you think this $100 note was fake or not, because I am still not sure. Right, on to more pressing matters. Let's talk about maths. Married at First Sight is my favorite show. If you know me at all, you will know I'm obsessed. I think no matter your thoughts on reality TV, you can't deny that it has the ability to make us stop and think and really reflect on ourselves and society in general. So if you're a fan like me, you will remember that last year there was a huge blow up between contestants over an OnlyFans account and... While it was at the expense of this week's guest, I really think it sparked healthy change in the way that we view women's autonomy and on a larger scale sex work. Now, as she shares in this interview, Dominica Calaco struggled through filming Married at First Sight, as would most of us if we felt we were being shamed and defined by one facet of our lives. But her and another contestant, Ella, were the breakout stars of the show and have gone on to host a hugely successful podcast and are working with some pretty huge brands. We get the ins and outs of what it's really like to be a contestant on Maths, her thoughts on this year's season, and why she isn't too impressed with Playboy's treatment of women. Here's my chat with Dominica. Dom, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. I'm excited because you were my fave from last year's season of Maths. Oh, thank you. How has the year started for you? The year has been absolutely crazy busy so far. Um, I mean, 
too blessed to be stressed, but definitely it's uh, <laughs> catching up on me. I tell you what, um, of a nighttime, I, I'm in bed by like 8.30. It's just, it's been crazy. I think um, now with season 10 being on TV again, I think it's like rejuvenated this whole maths uh, wave again and people are recognising me more than, yeah. you know, than maybe a couple of months ago. So it's, yeah, it's weird. It's wild. So let's take it back before we talk about maths and, and life now. What was life like for you prior to the show? What were you doing? You were a makeup artist, weren't you? Yeah, so I was a makeup artist and then COVID hit. So, I mean, it was kind of a weird time because makeup artists' jobs were kind of redundant during that time, So, uh, which is kind of sad. Um, but life was just kind of a bit stale, you know. Um, I'd gone through a divorce 12 months prior to signing up to maths. Uh, then COVID happened and my job was kind of a bit redundant. Um, I was at yeah. home all the time. Uh, so it was a bit, it was a bit of a weird time. I, I think I'm not the only one who would think that, uh, you know, 2020, 2021 was just the weirdest kind of time in our lives really. Yeah. I I mean, COVID feels so far away now and I didn't even think of that, but what was what was it like filming during COVID? Oh, filming during COVID was honestly so crazy. Like masks everywhere. We weren't allowed out of the apartment. Uh, we had to have chaperoned walks everywhere. Um, you know, we couldn't go overseas for our honeymoons. We got duped out of that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, filming was very tight because we couldn't let COVID in to our little bubble. So, you know, masks everywhere. We weren't allowed to go even get a coffee downstairs until like the laws changed midway through filming and we could actually go and get a coffee. Um, We weren't allowed to go into any shops or anything, um, just our walks daily. So it was really weird. But I think the one positive of all of that was that everything was so insular and no one was creating relationships on the outside. No one was doing, you know, going out and having a vape and a kiss yeah. on a Saturday <laughs> night uh, and ruining their whole season. So, I mean, I, I, I'm really um, happy that we kind of did it in during COVID lockdown because it really did make it that we were just in this like vacuum of an in experiment. Yeah. So how has the show changed your life? for good and bad? Because I'm sure that there are amazing things that have obviously come from the show, but I'm sure it is obviously really difficult to have a certain level of scrutiny. Yeah. There's nothing that can prepare you for that kind of public scrutiny that you receive regardless of if you are a fan favourite or the villain Mm. or whatever that may be. But, I mean, when it comes to that as well, it's just it comes down to whether you're a good person or not. Um, They can't edit that. It's They they film for too many hours a day for you to not see people's true colours. So uh, that's what I say about that. But, I mean, my life has changed dramatically. I wasn't expecting this kind of change, to be honest Mm. with you. Um. It, it's still like pinch myself, um, you know, moments to be able to work with, you know, incredible brands, um, especially Olay. For me, that was like an amazing uh, brand collaboration, uh, a brand that I've seen my grandmother use like my whole life, my mum, me yeah. as well. Um, I'm a huge fan of their moisturisers. I mean, they've just actually launched a new range that I'm obsessed with because I'm a huge niacinamide fan. And yeah. this one has a honey peptide as well in it and it's just 
amazing for brightening the skin, no matter what skin tone, especially for Australia, because we are so prone to sun damage. So a product that's targeted for Australians specifically is amazing. And yeah, I mean, being able to work with a brand that's so iconic is a real pinch me moment. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's like the most positive thing to come out of this whole experience is to get to work with brands that I've used and I've seen my family use for years. Um, But on the negative side, I guess it's all of that public scrutiny that comes with it, um, the judgment that it just comes regardless. Yeah. Your season was a really big cultural moment, I think, in terms of the way we view women's autonomy and the way we talk about things like OnlyFans and probably on a broader scale sex work. Like it really opened up that conversation and made a lot of people think. And whatever people want to say about reality TV, I think it really did spark conversation. But it was at your expense, obviously. Yeah. Um, Yes. Yeah. So what was that like going through that? And when you were filming, did you know that it was really going to blow up when it aired? Honestly, even from like the period sex conversation, I did not think, you know, I was like, okay, well, this is a bit controversial. So of course it's going to get shown, but I didn't think twice about it. Like it it really was just a five minute conversation that did get blown (laughs) up, but you know what? I'm actually really proud of it. And as with the OnlyFans conversation as well, it opened up so much conversation in society in Mm. Australia and worldwide. Like when I traveled to Europe last year after the show, so many people came up to me and wanted to talk about it and how grateful they were that it opened this conversation. And I mean, at the time, like when it happened, when I was sitting at that dinner table and it all came out, that's definitely not what I was thinking about. All I could think about in that moment was, oh my God, my nonna, my brother's my aunties and uncles, like everyone's going to know this now. I haven't had the chance to actually talk about it to them first. Like they're going to see this on TV. And I knew straight away it was going to be a storyline. Um, yeah. You know, there already was a storyline and beef with certain other person. So, I mean, I knew that this was going to be a huge thing. And I think um, at the end of the day, as hard as it was and as hard as, and as like uncomfortable as it was, I'm really proud to be associated with that and to have shone a light on it because I think it is such an important topic that we need to discuss in society and I just think the shame of you know if you want to call it sex work or OnlyFans or whatever Mm. um, I just think it's so important so I'm really proud of that honestly. Yeah as you should be. I was talking about this on the podcast the other day that you know, we've we've become so used to men disrespecting women, but it almost is more disappointing when a woman disrespects another, like when it comes from within, like you don't have to like every other woman, you don't have to agree, but just respect her. Yeah, I mean, you just hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, really. Um, I was quite shocked in that there really wasn't this sisterhood. And, like, to be honest with you, it really took me back to my high school bullying Mm -hmm. uh, years. Um, And it just made me think, like, I really do think that womanhood, like us as women, we really do think that every other woman has our back. But I don't think it's as 
strong as what we like to think it is. Yeah. Um. So it was a real, uh, okay, check yourself moment. Like, ladies, we need to really take a good hard look and, you know, see we don't have each other's backs. We yeah. need to, like, really check what we're doing here because it was not a good look. Like, I mean, I've watched it back previously, just some snippets, and I'm like shocked all over again. And I don't know yeah. why. I'm like, Domenica, you lived it firsthand. I don't know why you're <laughs> shocked. But re-watching it, I'm like, oh my God, like this was really bad. Yeah, it was hard to watch. But it was it was so great that every well, not everyone had your back, but majority had your back, especially your husband on the show was like, yeah, whatever. That was really nice to see a man reacting in that way. Hundred percent. I mean, Jack is brilliant. Um, and still to this day, we're amazing friends, and we hang out. Like he's got a new partner now, Courtney, and we hang out, and it's just so amazing that we can have that relationship. And during that time, I think you know, I know, I you know, you would ask Jack the same thing. Did he know at the time that he was going to be like this figure, like this male? you know, mm. of like how amazing he was, but no way. Like that was just him because we did yeah. have the conversation. It was like, oh, okay, yeah, what? Like, yeah. And, you know, what's the big deal, you know? Yeah. Once again, it just comes down to being a good person. Yeah. Um, you can't edit that. It's just, you know, if Jack wasn't a good person, of course he would have just been like, oh, God, like what am I getting mm. myself into or whatever. But he's a good person. So he's like, yeah, she told me. And what? Like what do you want from me, you know? So yeah. it's just it's a crazy experienced have gone through that for sure. Just Geordie here. If you are loving getting all the goss from Married at First Sight, you need to go and listen to our episode with Connie Creighton, who was on season seven of MAFS. She did not hold back lifting the lid on what really goes on behind the scenes of Married at First Sight. I will link that show in the show notes. Back to this episode. What do you think of Playboy's answer to OnlyFans? They've come out with like Centerfold or something. Yeah, Have you I've seen that. I saw something about this uh, on uh, Reddit the other day, um, and they're coming out with their own um, platform. I mean, look, they can see how much OnlyFans are making, and they want a piece of that pie. I think um, you know, I, I've admired uh, Playboy for many, many mm. years, and I mean, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't say no to doing a Centerfold, <laughs> but I mean, I just think the culture of playboy throughout the years and the whole Pamela Anderson, the Pamela Anderson um, saga as well. Um, I recently just watched a documentary and started reading her book. Um, And I don't think it's something that we should be, you know, I I mean, has their culture changed? It's a really interesting topic because I know OnlyFans, yeah, they do take their percentage, but you have so much protection being on that platform and Mm. you are paid, you know, well um, for, you know, they just take their 20% or whatever it is. So um, it would be interesting to see what Playboy's uh, rates are and what their rules are because, you know, in history they haven't been actually really that uh, female power-led. Yeah, yeah. So we had a few listener questions come in and this kind of the first one kind of leads back to what you were saying before of how much can we believe of what we see on maths and how much is down to editing? I mean, look, it's such a good question and I wish I had the, it's the million dollar question, really. Um, I wish I had the million dollar answer, but all I can say is we do film for so many hours and over such a long period of time. And 
I really do think that the behaviors, the actions, the words that you were seeing are those of those people. So in that sense, it's 100% real. Um, when it comes to editing, they can put music over certain scenes. They can, um, you know, there's certain, you know, looks that you have to do kind of contemplative you know, looks and stuff that they get you to film and they can put that in in different um, scenes. So, I mean, in that sense, that's where editing comes into play. But when it comes down to how these people are acting and speaking and are portrayed, I mean, that's their actions. Yeah. Uh, I think they're very smart with who they cast for maths. Um, the environment is so hectic and people can kind of, I guess, I don't know, lose themselves or play out um, or play up, sorry. Mm. Uh, so, and then, yeah, and then on the other hand, you also have people who go in there and act as well and, and yeah. try to put on some show, but then that facade really does come down. So it's interesting to see that all play out, really. That's why maths is so captivating. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little, you mean? Yeah, yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. trying, I'm trying, I'm oh, trying, yeah. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. yeah. Damn, me, me, we all artists, man. We go you feel me? We gonna have this like Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit. Right with now. This I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I gotta don't lie, don't play with it. Play with it. No. Take that shit seriously. It is. I always say it's like the show that like unites the nation. Like everybody, 100%. yeah, it's insane. It really Do you is. Think as well though, when they're pairing, uh, you up. Is there an agenda that sometimes, you know, some some couples are just not compatible like we know from the beginning that it's not going to work whereas couples like you and Jack like there was actual real hope and there's a few couples this season that have real hope but you know Taylor and Hugo this year and there was another one that the older couple the woman that was obsessed with sex and Melissa and Josh yeah yeah like some of them are just it's just like you have deliberately paired two people together to create some drama how much of it is yeah. they're genuinely pairing you up because they think you've got potential? I think in every couple there is a little, there's a few things that's like, oh, this could work. And then mm. there are some couples that there are more, oh, this is why they won't work. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, it's 10 couples, whatever. They can't have 10 couples go to, all the way to the finish line. So I think it's kind of like a production um thing and then just you know at the end of the day these couples aren't going to work um yeah you I just think yeah it's it's interesting I think it's a bit of both there it's producers yeah. playing into uh people's weaknesses and their strengths yeah um but then at the end of the day I think once you're in that experiment so much happens and I mean you know when it comes to Jack and I we were going so well and then all of that shit happened and I don't think our relationship was ever going to recover from that. There was no way we could have progressed with all of that stress on us. Like we, yep. at the end of the day, like after the retreat, I just remember going back to the apartment. We, like we just wouldn't even talk about relationships 
or we we were just so insular at that like we we just needed each other for support our relationship wasn't building um mm. or we weren't able to grow after that point because there was just so much stress yeah so the, the experiment does put a lot of pressure on you in that sense and i guess you don't have that foundation like that you have in a real life relationship where you're together for a while and then you hit some speed bumps you're still essentially strangers Exactly. You're pretty much strangers and you're going through these tumultuous times of, you know, people in a three-year relationship probably wouldn't go through and you've only been with each other for a month, you know. So it is really sped up, but you are together pretty much 24-7. So it does Mm -hmm. feel as though you are so much more ahead in in relationship than you would on the outside world, right? Because I like to call it the outside world because when you were in maths, it's so insular. That's all you talk about. Um, You're not working. You're not with your family and friends. You're not caught up in all the drama of the outside world. You are just in this bubble. So uh, that's why it is so sped up and you do see relationships flourish and, you know, then you and you can also see relationships break down because these two people are stuck in this apartment together and they are really not working. Yeah. Another listener question that we had come through was, is Harrison the worst man in Australia? <laughs> I mean, he's almost uh, getting the crown of the worst man in Australia. I mean, I don't understand how he thought that he could go on TV and say all these things and he would not look this bad. I don't know. Like at this point, is he just trying to like save himself, but it's just making him look worse? I really don't know. I mean, I don't know where they found him. Um, Every year they manage to find a shit guy and then they outdo themselves the next year with finding someone even worse. I mean, I didn't think that they could get work. Like, I mean, Daniel last year was pretty shit. Uh, Andrew on our season. Uh, they had that other guy that didn't even make it to the first show. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, how are they finding these blokes? I mean, to be honest with you, it's kind of sad. Yeah. Think, yeah. I think he's definitely taking the cake for one of the worst blokes in Australia. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, but it, you know what? I think he'd probably like that. I think that would give his ego a rise. To be honest, I reckon he's the kind of guy to me that, you know, you even you think of um Dirty Dan. I reckon he yeah. loves it. I reckon he loves it. He's <laughs> his ego is like, you know, oh gross. How much of what they post on because obviously they don't have access to their social media at the moment, with the captions and the content that gets pushed out while the show's airing, how much of that is the actual contestants' words versus producers well so weekly um you get sent an email from production or like their social media team and they send you a range of photos and you get to choose what photo you want to post on your story or your feed and then they ask for captions and so you send off your caption and then if there are any kind of edits that they want made they will send it back and say hey can we make word it like this but I know for a fact, yeah, you do write your own captions. Um, mm. They definitely can be a bit cheesy because you kind of need to ham it up because especially if it's it's happened four months ago when you're trying to write something and you're not together with this person but you're, yeah. you're trying to make it out as if you're in that moment, it's quite hard. Yeah. Um, so especially, you know, right at the start of the experiment, I don't know how some of these women would have wrote their captions when they oh, were, like, happy, but turns out the guy was a dickhead. So uh, it can be – I think that's why it does look a little bit contrived. But, yeah. Um, yeah, we we do write the captions. Um, I know myself, I know Ella did, I know Jack did. Um, but I think if some people want nothing to do with 
the the Instagram, I think the social team does do all the Instagram and all of the social yeah. media. Yeah. yeah. So you've obviously got your podcast. You've got this incredible relationship with Ole. What else does the future hold for you career-wise? Oh, I mean, the world is honestly my oyster at this moment. I'm so lucky to have made so many amazing connections and amazing brand partnerships. I think for me, I'm I'm loving doing the podcast with Ella. It's it's going from strength to strength. Um, I think in the future, I'd love to work more in the media. I'd love to take on a role as some kind of entertainment reporter. I love the idea of that. Um, but I think for now, just putting all of my focus into, uh, you know, working with brands like Olay and all of my brand partnerships and furthering the podcast is amazing. And people are just loving, um, you know, hearing my opinion on things and it's, we've built such a beautiful community. That's what I love so much about podcasting. And I'm sure you can relate. It's just an amazing community that you build with your listeners. Yeah. And I can imagine working with Ella, like your best friend is amazing as well. Oh, it's the best. Honestly, I like it's, I get to call this a job. It's just Mm. so amazing. And we honestly, we can't believe it. Every, every time we, you know, plug in our uh, microphone to record, it's like pinch yourself moment that we get to do this and people listen and they, you know, they wait out every Wednesday morning to listen to a new episode. So it's, we're just honestly so blessed. It's really amazing. Yeah. It's all her. We're all about making life simpler and better for women. How do you do that for yourself? Oh, wow. Look, I love nothing more than an early night in bed. I love a nice hot shower, a hair mask, um, a glass of wine, um, a good book, and just taking some time for myself, switching off from social media, you know, turning the TV off, putting the laptop away. Um, and I think it's really important to switch off from all of that noise because that noise can sometimes be too overpowering. Um, and for me, where literally I'm on my phone almost all day, every day, yeah. um, having those times where I can switch off um, and have some time to myself but then I really do like catching up with my girlfriends and just having a night where we just talk shit. We talk about, you know, real housewives. Yeah. We have a <laughs> wine. We just switch off from reality. We don't talk about work. We don't talk about the stresses of every day. We just kind of sit and just enjoy each other. I think that's really important for me um, being in like this fast paced world of, meeting new people all the time and having to be on all the time. It's nice to just sit around in my trackies, no makeup on, oily hair, a glass of wine, and just enjoy that time with my girlfriends. And then having that time alone, I think being able to enjoy your your time alone is such an important thing. And as I've gotten older, like I turned 30 this year, I've just realized how important it is to have that alone time. Yeah, totally. Couldn't agree more. Dom, thank you so much for joining us this week on the show. I'll link everything that we've spoken about in our show notes and all the best for your blossoming career. It's exciting to watch. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of It's All Her. If you have loved this episode, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen and I will be back in your ears soon. Bye.